Look, this episode contains crucial information that we all need to start talking about. And I hope that you'll just put your political differences aside, whatever side you might be on, and just listen to the message because this is something that needs to be talked about. This is episode two of Podcast La Renaissance. Let's go. When you walk out of here today, don't be afraid to remind our government that they work for us. You must leave the area immediately. If you refuse to leave the area, you will be arrested for North Carolina General Statute. Under North Carolina General Statute. But the fact of the matter is, it is not okay what you are doing and the people are not intimidated. If you have a good sheriff, however, they can stand in the gap. You have to be subject to the law on blue jeans or blue uniforms. What is right is right is right. I don't give a damn what it is. Because guess what? I'm ready to go to jail and die about it. Think globally, act locally. We need to understand what the global agenda is, but we need to act locally to counter it. And we need to do it in a way that occupies peace. We need to do it in a way that is going to make connections with each other locally so that we see each other as human beings. I'm going to leave you with three simple words. Integrity, dignity, and community. And a lot of people were seeing politics at that time, but I was seeing revival. Yes, revival was coming through the realm of politics. Amen. And, uh, and that momentum and that movement is still in our country. Yes, sir. We just need to find avenues to harness it and yes. where, where, where it manifests itself. Stand that flame. We're, we're uh, you know, the move of God is strong in our nation mm-hmm. today. The word of God teaches us in the book of Psalms. It says that if I had wings like a dove, then I would fly away and be at rest. It's released representing the soul of Andrew. To get this into the into the public eye, uh, we're trying to win this war and we can't do it without your help. There can be no doubt about it. We're in the midst of a great technological and political shift that is revolutionizing the world as we know it. That was one of the things that always caught me about the Mayan prophecy of December 21st, 2012, and the Mayan calendar ending on that date. And the world, the, the, it wasn't that the world would end, it was that the world as we know it would end. And that's the way I saw that for many years. Crazier still is when you consider that the Mayan calendar wasn't referring to the Gregorian calendar that we go off of, but rather a different calendar, which actually put the end date in 2020, where the world began to see with 2020 vision what was actually going on. While many are still asleep, many have awoken to a world that they no longer... While many still have their eyes closed, millions upon millions have awoken to the reality that the world as they knew it was not as it appeared. 
And depending on where you stand politically, this could happen to you in many different ways. And everyone kind of takes it different ways. And that's why everybody gets segmented into these different markets. For the left in general, they trust authority in quote-unquote science and modern technology if science says that it's good. One needs to look no further than their approach to the COVID vaccine. While many liberals used to push against vaccines, now they believe in the science. The hardest part about pushing a message out anymore like this is that I could lose any one of you at any moment by offending you. And that's just a reality we have to deal with. Just know that I don't care left or right where you stand. But to disregard the effect of politics on people's perception of the world would be foolish, especially when presenting an idea as grand as the one I'm about to present. The right is much more hesitant about authority in politicians at this time. It's not always that way, but it is right now. And especially hesitant about technology and developments and putting things in our body like the COVID-19 vaccine. Now I say this all to preface the grander picture that is at play that we must address immediately before it's too late. Ray Kurzweil predicts that the singularity will occur in 2045. And by my estimates, I wouldn't say he's far off. I don't really know how he came up with that, but I can't disagree that we are in the midst of a technological singularity that no one can comprehend. For those of you who don't know, a singularity that Kurzweil refers to is essentially technology developing so exponentially fast that the technology itself surpasses us and begins to merge with human beings physically and it's such a great event that you can't really understand with your current eyes what this means. But from my perspective, I see that it will greatly require that people physically merge with this technology. Now there's, of course, going to be people who don't want to get... It's going to be the same thing as the COVID-19 vaccine. You're going to have a small percentage that pushes against this. And I hope that more people will open their eyes and push against this and really visualize what this future means before they jump in. People will soon begin merging with artificial intelligence physically. And, of course, they already have. I mean, the phone is not attached to me physically, but it is close. It's always by my side. And you have Apple Watches and the Samsung Watches now, and they are physically attached. But it's not far off that technology will begin to insert itself in the human body. I used to think that there was an intentional manipulation of human genetics at play. And I thought that the end game was to genetically modify people into something else, possibly a patented entity that corporations own, just like they did to the corn and the soy and the canola. It's 70% of it. I mean, it's 80 or 90% of it is owned by corporations at this point. So it wouldn't be far off to imagine that they would stick something that they could patent into the human body. And that is somewhat what they did with the mRNA vaccine. But my perspective has shifted. It's not so much... Since 10 years ago when I began to see the effect of genetics on human body and 
what it meant politically and the corporation's motives behind it. I see that it's no longer a fixation on genetic manipulation, per se, even though we just had the first mRNA vaccine, which manipulated human genetics, the RNA of it, with a vaccine. That's not the focus here. We can see the focus a little clearer by looking at how the mRNA vaccine was developed. The official story is that the mRNA vaccine, the Moderna vaccine, the Modify RNA vaccine, was made in two days by artificial intelligence. The artificial intelligence looked at the genetics of the COVID-19 virus and the genetics of the human being and determined what modifications needed to occur in order for the COVID-19 virus to be stopped. Now that's what they say, that is not what I believe, but we're going to go off of that. And if we look at it through the perspective that artificial intelligence designed this vaccine, artificial intelligence has already indirectly inserted itself into 70% of the world's population, or at least nearly, I think the number is 68% or whatever. But from that perspective, we see that it was more of a push to begin to condition people to allow artificial intelligence to imp impact their body physically. What's the end game? Well, something like the Matrix. And that's why I argue vehemently we are not in the simulation they refer to. We are in a simulation of sorts. But the simulation, as we're in the early stages of the simulation, and we have been for thousands of years. It all started with the first lie. Because a simulation doesn't need to be something complex with millions of moving components. No. It can be manifested by the mind. It can be a way of perceiving the world, of an incorrect thought in your mind about the way the world operates, that affects your entire perception of life. That is a, a simulation of sorts. The first lie was the seed of the tree of the simulation that we are now seeing bear its fruits. What are the fruits of this tree? Something not unlike the Matrix, where people are physically plugged into technology, living in a false reality. And if you think about it, we're not that far off. While the M mRNA vaccine, while the mRNA vaccine was developed by artificial intelligence two years ago, Elon Musk just recently announced that we are only six months away, in his estimation, from the first FDA-approved test of implanting a chip into a human brain that will allow them to type with their mind on their cell phone or the keyboard. There's, there's multiple uses for it. But we're only six months out from artificial intelligence physically being implanted into a human being. And I'm sure there's other examples, but this is a massive scale push. And if you look at who Elon Musk is, it's not surprising why he was picked to push forward this technology. Since Elon Musk has acquired Twitter, he has wooed the right wing as a whole, who felt that they had no place, no leadership, and no 
will to live in many regards. So many look up to Musk and his supposed push for free speech as a major victory for the right wing. Well, the wool is being pulled over their eyes, and it won't be long before they are led to slaughter. Worse still, Elon Musk has segmented his audience because his Neuralink platform is not on Twitter. He does not discuss Neuralink on Twitter. He's learned not to speak about that in front of this audience on Twitter. He has segmented audiences, and two of which are very influential. Now, I've already broken down his major audience on the right-wing side, which is his Twitter audience and the people who are inspired by his story of how he acquired Twitter and fights for free speech. But on the left-wing side, the more authoritative, scientifically-based, technology-seeking people who love technology and don't question it, he has Neuralink, where he is swaying political thought leaders on the left who love science. So as Musk prepares his Neuralink, he's also building a worldwide global audience of millions, if not billions of people who know his name and look up to him even. And unfortunately, I think he will be used to sway many with their ignorant positions into inserting this artificial intelligence technology into their bodies, whether it be chips in their brain, in their arms, wherever. And once that process begins, the merging of the human being with technology, where does it end? It's not going to stop. A new iPhone comes out every year, so is a new piece of technology going to be inserted that's better than the one last year? Because corporations who learn this technology and patent it and put their own little brand on it are going to sell you as much crap to put in your body as possible. And if you sit there with these starry-eyed, rose-filled glasses, you're going to get ran through by these corporations who can already get away with sticking poison in your body, causing you cancer, causing you autism, causing Alzheimer's, and all kinds of defects, and facing no repercussions, it will be the same. Nothing has changed. Why do people all of a sudden trust these corporations? I know a lot of you that probably listen to this don't. If you happen to stumble upon this and you're still listening now, you probably don't. So maybe I'm ranting for no freaking reason. But it is infinitely astounding to me how people all of a sudden began to trust corporations who seek profit above all else. Corporations who have destroyed the environment, who stick chemicals into drinking water, who poison the food that we eat in every way possible just to get a little bit of money here, a little bit of money there, to make profit off of this oil byproduct here, to put it in the drinking water there. I mean, a lot of the things that end up in food, they don't preserve anything necessarily. It's not that they're the best preservative. It's that they're cheap. They're a byproduct of some other crap that they made. And the corporation that made it will sell it for little to nothing because it's just a byproduct. And since it's the cheapest thing that their sister company needs to preserve this food, they put it in there. And nobody does research into what the impacts of these things are, and they are adding up 
quick. But that's a long gone train. Okay? Now we have people all of a sudden that are going to start sticking this technology in. And without thinking about it, unfortunately, I, I don't know what the first moves are going to be, if it's going to be straight to the brain chips and all this. But what will happen is that people will begin to merge with artificial intelligence, to merge with technology, to merge with patented, owned technologies. I mean, they don't even let people, they don't let farmers, let's, let's stick with the farmers. The farmers don't own their machines at this point. The programming and all that, when they purchase these $100,000 equipment, whatever, whatever it might be, they don't own the right to the technology in it. Do you think that they're going to let you own the technology inside of you? They will, if you don't own the technology that's inside of you, they own you. You are their product. We already are the product of Google and all this. So we've already been conditioned to be the product of these corporations. And in some extent, Google is a mutually beneficial thing. But the end game is complete and total enslavement of your mind, body, and soul. And that is the road we are headed down. And it is time we talk about it. Anyways, this has been episode two of season four of Podcast La Renaissance. Subscribe and stay tuned for more. Check out the links or whatever. Show some support or love. I don't know. You know, I'm just getting this ball rolling again. Um, I'm going to really just start pumping this out because this is something we need to talk about. We are not in a simulation as far as a computer goes. That is the end game. Anyhow, while the revolution may not be televised, we shall podcast Les Renaissance. See you next time.